Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips, along with the best in alternative music and uh, always an eclectic musical selection we have and we'll have for you again tonight. Um, regular listeners will know uh, that uh, the music's very much influenced by our guests each week and um, it, uh, it will vary from my, um, my my sort of regular indie selections. So uh, looking forward to um, a really good selection of music again tonight. Uh, my name is Martin Matthews and you can find me at Sundog monkey on twitter uh, and of course you can follow the pod on at uh, the alternative golf podcast on twitter as well so um anyway i say we give you the best in uh pga tour golf betting tips well uh to be frank we didn't give you the best in tips last week it was a uh, a very disappointing week from from, from my end of things uh, i know our guest adam watson came close to uh getting um getting a place with davis riley but uh it wasn't um either of our weeks uh, it started badly for me at uh the Byron Nelson with uh, Brian Harmon, who I had high hopes for withdrawing before the off, and then um, uh, Will Salatoris, who had, had been talking up his own chances in the in the lead up, uh, uh, saying how perfect the course was for him. And a local guy proceeded to have a shocker and miss the cut. And um, uh, and um, although we got a couple of three guys, guys through to the weekend, uh, I was never never at the races at all. So uh, uh, hoping for better this week on what is obviously a major championship week. Um, really looking forward to the pod tonight. And and uh, uh, it's wonderful to have a great guest on. Um, it's a return for Matt Cooper. Uh, Matt, um, good evening. How are you keeping? Hello. Hello. I'm fine. Thank you. Good, good, good. Um, thank you so much for coming on again, Matt. Um, for those who don't know Matt, uh, you can find him um, uh, doing um, regular stuff for uh, the likes of Betfair, Unibet, um, Planet Golf, and, and numerous others, which I'm sure Matt will uh, uh, remind me of that I don't automatically remember. But um, yeah, I really appreciate uh, you finding the time to join us again this week, uh, Matt. Um, it's a major championship week. Before we get to that, though, I'm sort of... Um, giving my tailor woe from last week at the Byron Nelson. Um, I doubt you could have done much worse than me. I'm hoping you did better than me. Did you Did you have any joy down in Texas? Uh, no, not not really. Uh, and uh, not really over this side of the pond either. Uh, I, I had Fabrizio Zanotti who, who surprised me on Saturday, but it was, it was all kind of inevitable that he'd sort of fizzled out by Sunday. And it didn't take long fizzling out either. Right, so um, so it was neither our weeks then. So uh, let's let's hope we can bring each other some luck uh, going forward to this week. Um, yeah, obviously, in, over in Belgium, it was uh, a, a win for for Horsfield, um, Sam Horsfield, uh, whose, whose name I actually saw in a piece sort of uh, linked and associated to potentially contemplating the first uh, live event. Um, uh, I don't know how true that is, and uh, obviously, I'm sure we're, we're going to be talking about that again. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, I was interested to see his name um, uh, connected because I. Thought thought he would be someone looking to make a beeline to the PGA Tour with his American connections. But um, anyway, it's a great win for Horsfield. I believe he had his girlfriend on the bag. So re really, really good for him to get the job job done. Uh, and KH Lee defended his title over at the Byron Nelson, produced a superb um, Sunday finale to uh, Pip Jordan Spieth uh, in front of the home fans. So uh, it was a second tour title for KH Lee. And, and so he becomes the third player to go um, and defend their title from last year on the PGA Tour this season. So, um, yeah, it's, um, but as I say, what wasn't my week and hoping for hoping for better this week. So, um, and uh, yes, yeah, our second major of the year, the PGA Championship, uh, heads over to 
um, Southern Hills uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, needless to say, it's a stellar field. Uh, Tiger Woods is here, which is great to see him returning to somewhere where he won in 2007. Um, but I guess a lot of the talk coming into the week, Matt, is going to be about the guy who's not here. Uh, which is Phil Mickelson. Um, obviously, Alan Shipnuck's book comes out this week, which um, I don't know if you listened to. I listened to the No Lang Up podcaster uh, um, uh, the other day, which uh, with with Alan Shipnuck, which I thought was really interesting. And um, I'll confess that I'm probably looking for. Well, I'm looking forward to reading a copy of the book. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, we didn't really talk about it on the pod last time. What, what do you make of the whole? live situation and Phil's situation and um yeah I mean we could sit here and talk all night about this Matt but what what's uh what, what what where's your thinking with this at the moment well uh, regarding Phil um I, I haven't really got anything to add that I don't think anybody else will know I mean I, I, I think it's pretty obvious what he's happened and what's happened and, and and where he's got himself I, I can add a little bit in terms of um, the live golf thing um in the sense that I was at I was at the press conference at the Centurion Club last week uh, covering it for Global okay. Golf Post. Um, okay. So I, I was there and able to see um, what their plans are. And it's uh, it's quite, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. A little bit of me is intrigued to see what will happen. Another little bit of me is slightly fearful for the sport for a number of reasons. Um, I mean, first of all, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to put it out that I don't like the idea that they're meddling with the with the Saudis. I think um, mm. going around murdering and chopping people up and and that sort of business and stoning people if they're gay and uh, executing eighty one people in a day. Uh, um, and it's not yeah. it's not. I, I'm well aware that people will be able to say that there are other political regimes that are dodgy that golf meddles with, but there is a direct sense in which um, the Saudis are using um, golf. Um, as a sort of curtain to hide a lot of that stuff behind, which is which, which ultimately is the reason why I'm I'm dodgy about it. Uh, but um, there's another fundamental reason that I'm I'm concerned, and that's that the, there's there is so much money being plunged into this mm. that um, that there is potential to to capsize the sport. I think um, uh, because if they're putting in 25 million dollars per event, and you compare that to say Rolex, who put seven in. At, for a tournament, and they and they're considered to be the creme de la creme. They suddenly look like peanuts. So, if the Saudis had got involved with the DP World Tour, which they wanted to do, um, all of a sudden the corporate sponsors that are already there would sort of turn around and go, "Well, what what do we get out of this?" Uh, so, either one one um, 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 funder suddenly gets control of the entire circuit or they or and the threat then is what happens if in a couple of years time they turn around and say they're not interested in the sport anymore um the circuit then has to go like rebuilding all its partnerships with people who potentially would like to say all right we'll give you half a million there um and uh, but there's there's too many threats in that in that sense uh, on ones of which live golf are not willing to sort of consider and on the one hand that's fine because they they believe in what they're doing but on the other, they've got to believe that the, the two main tours have got to look see the bigger picture, which is not that I'm discounting the fact that the PGA Tour does have problems and probably is frustrating for golfers who look towards NBA and NFL and see the players there mm. earning astonishing amounts of money. Um, but uh, I'm not comfortable with the idea of one big uh, company coming in and, and taking over. So um, uh, that's a very long answer to what I'm thinking.
about it. Yeah, I mean, well, of course, several points you've raised there, and it goes without saying I, I concur with you on the uh, uh, the view of getting into bed with the, the Saudis for the reasons you gave at the beginning. I'm uh, uh, obviously in agreement on that that side of things. Um, from a business model point of view, as, as you, you know, someone's been involved in business over my time. I mean, I, I guess one of the golden rules, and it's just you know, touching on what you just said, one of the golden rules of having a business is you look to diversify your your customers, or in this case, it would be the sponsors. And what you don't want to do is put all your eggs in one basket. So if, if you're a business and you've got sort of um, uh, 20 sort of small customers, and, and then suddenly one, one potentially massive customer comes along and says, well, if you jump and do this and do that, we'll, we'll pay you loads and give you all of our business and what have you. It's, it's not good business practice to ditch all your other customers and put your eggs in the one basket of the big um uh the big customer because otherwise if they walk like you say if, if they walk in two years time or, or try to screw you further or, or whatever um then you're um uh, you're completely stuffed basically left with no no no, no client base so in, in in a similar way like like you say if they, if they jumped into bed um uh with, with with the saudis and the money and then you know it hadn't worked out and you say they decided to pull out a golf uh then um where, where does it go from there exactly as you say so just not not good business practice um i, I guess from my end of things as well the you know we can talk till the cows come home of course about the political side of it obviously and and uh, uh the potential obnoxious greed as was uh uh the phrase used although in a slightly different direction um but um Ultimately, I just think the potential product is very boring. Uh, now, I know we live in the Twitter bubble where we, we sort of talk about, uh, uh, you, you know, is um, uh, is Patrick Rogers going to get his first tour win or, or what have you? And maybe your average golf viewer is, is purely looking at your your JTs and, and your Rory's and, and DJs and what have you. But ultimately, who wants to see... Which obviously the, the live golf had got their their way. The same fifty odd players playing week in week out over fifty four holes for no uh, no cut. You, you know you want your your KH Lees upsetting your Jordan Spieth every now and again. Certainly from my point of view. So um, or you know David Skins to pop up on the leaderboard in round one or, or, or what have you. Now maybe I'm in a bubble there and that's not what people want to see. But to me you need some variation and, and the WGCs. If we had sort of forty WGCs a year, it would be very very boring so um yeah so 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 i don't know i mean um i don't do you think phil will appear at centurion um do you think he'll he'll play there or do you think there's a bigger picture i don't want to try and guess second guess what's going on in phil's private life that's not for me to, to guess obviously uh but um uh do you think this is purely about the golf and and um the sort of uh hole he's put his foot in or or do you think there's more going on there i i i honestly uh, I... The, the entire story for the last sort of uh, what is it about eight months is, is just so extraordinary. I think I, I'm not in, I'm not even going to begin to try and predict what might happen. Um, I, I think it would be almost more extraordinary if he turned up than if he didn't. Um, um, I, I, I have, I don't think the Alan Shipnuck book is the only book that's going to come out about him. There's a, apparently there's one by a guy called Billy Walters, who's right, a, yeah, yeah. who's a big a, a big gambler, and apparently I think there's stuff in that that's going to potentially um 
had an impact. Well, he was the gentleman who was allegedly, um, uh, obviously I don't know the details, but he was the gentleman who was involved in the insider trading um, yeah. sort of situation with Phil, wasn't he? And that, I think, uh, as I say, I listened to the Alan Shipnut podcast and, and obviously I've not read the book, but, um, uh, you, you know, he, he portrays Phil as a, based on what he was saying on the podcast, as a, multi sort of faceted character with very different size obviously a very flawed character uh in certain ways but also a very generous character in in, in certain ways and um uh and, and yeah you know obviously who, who are we to say what it would be like to live in the world he's lived in just as obviously uh what it'd be like to live in the world that tiger woods has lived in for the last um you know 20 plus years so um so um yeah i i mean I hope Phil, from his personal point of view, does get get out playing golf again and manages to work this all out. Um, uh, I mean, I, I've had my my very very small, minute one story of ever crossing paths with Phil Mickelson was uh, I actually went to um, the um, Wells Fargo tournament, what was the Wachovia tournament, I think back then in yeah. um, uh, in, in at Quail Hollow, um, probably I'm guessing here around 2010 or something like that, uh, and. Um, uh, we were staying in a hotel where there was a bar and some of the players were in there as well. And it was a Saturday night and there was, um, it was, it was in May and, and I know nothing about boxing. I have no interest in boxing, but there was a big fight on with two of the sort of, you know, biggest names in boxing, whoever they might have been every, every May, I think they seem to back before COVID and everything, they'd have like a big, big fight. And this was obviously a big betting, you know, opportunity. And Phil was in the bar and what have you. Uh, and Bones was there as well. And, and he had a bit of an entourage. And, and, and before the fight started, he um, did loads and loads of autographs and stuff for people. And um, we were actually having our dinner on the other side of the bar. And at that time, I was sort of like, well, it'd be nice to get Phil's autograph or a photo or, or whatever you, but I'm in the middle of a dinner and he's got a massive queue there anyway. So so I didn't do anything. And then the fight went. Uh, and just by the look on Phil's face at the end, I suspect he wasn't on the right side of it from a betting <laughs> point of view. Uh, and um, it finished and I sort of timidly went over and said, oh, you know, any chance of an autograph or a photo, Phil? Um, uh, at which point, Bones, who was obviously doing what he's supposed to do said you know sorry we we, we did all, all, all that earlier you know and having a bit of private time now and and i said oh you, you know um i was hoping to get a photo for an english fan you know and i think at that point phil realized i was english uh and bless him he jumped up and said yeah of course and you know and he small smiles again and did a photo you know and sort of passed my mate the camera or phone or whatever and took, took the photos and, and and what have you so you know he was generous with his time again and obviously he was just trying to have a bit of private time so so that's you know some of my mute run-in with phil and um he couldn't have been nicer and obviously you've got all these uh uh, stories of how he, um, uh, you, you know, he of course he signs autographs all day long and gives out hundred dollar notes in gloves or, or whatever. So, so um, and many, you know, huge charity donations. So, so he's obviously a complex character, and um, yeah, um, I hope he works it out. But um, uh, anyway, I'm rabbiting on, and um, uh, enough of Phil. Uh, he's not there. Let, let's talk about who is there. Um, so Southern Hills, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma um and um we're looking at a course that's going to be very different from uh, uh i don't know do you remember the 2007 pga when when tiger won there from woody austin is that etched in your your brain matt at all still i, I, I wouldn't say it's etched i remember it but um yeah. I, I think i'd be pushing it to say that it was etched yeah 
Yeah. Well, we're looking at a very different course from, from then. Obviously, the original designer, Perry Maxwell, um, of course, the course had evolved over, over the years since the original design. Uh, it's past 70. It could be stretched out to 7,500 yards. I think it's going to be planned more like about 7,400. Uh, and it underwent a significant redesign at the hands of Gil Hans, um, uh, in, um, uh, well, prior to the 2019, uh, sorry, 2021. Um, seniors PGA, the redesign was done in 2019, I think. A seniors PGA was played there last year, won by Alex Chaker. Uh, and they've, as is the, the sort of um, catchphrase for this kind of thing, they've, they've tried to uh, bring the course back to its original design. Uh, they've opened it up, taken away several trees. Um, they've enhanced the creek that runs through the course to make it more, um, more of a factor. Uh, they've... Um, uh, completely redone the green areas around the green so it's now not rough it's runoff areas so, so you can always think augusta uh like run runoff areas but the greens are a lot smaller they're smaller than average greens on tour uh and um uh the bunkers have been completely re redone as well uh and uh from the flyovers i've seen in the course that there, there are many many of them um hans has been responsible for quite a few other re redesigns uh courses that have been used over recent years um uh um uh, winged foot um uh Aronimink, uh plainfield ridgewood country club tpc boston the latter have all been um uh courses that have held um playoff events the barclays or northern trust in recent years so um there's plenty of shorter par fours on there but uh there's some very long ones including the 16th which i think is over 500 yards and the 18th about 500 yards and the two par fives are over 630 yards so um it looks like it's going to be an interesting test uh what are you thinking the keys will be to it matt what, what are you expecting from it um well from what i've read and everything i think probably everybody's going in quite similar sort of directions um but uh, uh, and also, when I, I was chatting, um, you and I dare say plenty of your uh, listeners know Dave Tyndall. So we were having a little chat yesterday, and and saying how oh yeah, you know, um, finding lots of greens in regulation and then being able to rescue power when you miss them. And a pair of us looking at each other, going, "Well, when's this not? <laughs> when's that? Yeah. When's that, when's that not actually quite a good thing to be good at?" Um, yeah. We we obviously know that it's 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 different, but sometimes you feel like a bit of a plunge at saying these things. Um, so yes, uh, I think uh, I I I saw somebody had written something that I quite liked, and it was something like uh, being conservative off the tee and then quite aggressive with the second shot. Mm. That I don't mm. know that sounds like quite a nice recipe, but then I I think. <clears throat> Pardon me. <coughs> Gosh, no way. Okay. Um, but I think scrambling from slightly unusual circumstances is going to be quite important. Those runoffs and the greens are quite will be quite sort of high above the player's eye line. I think that yeah, that's going to be quite a key factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, like you say. You know, we can sit here. Uh, um, um, you know, sit here all day long and say, "Well, find your fairways, find your greens, hold, hold your putts, chip well, and uh, you'll do well, and, and what have you." But, but it, it does look like um, uh, finding the greens is going to be key this week. And uh, uh, and, and from, again, you know, there's obviously an element of speculation. But from what um, 
what I've seen, um, if, if you just miss the green or or you sort of miss it by quite a way, you could end up in the same spot because uh, you're going to go it's a little bit like, I guess, if you think sort of the ninth Augusta or something where you just come up short and then you're all the way back back down the hill. And, and uh, um, I mean, obviously, the Augusta greens are far, far bigger uh, to what um, we're looking at this week. But uh, they always say about Augusta, it's almost greens within greens because it's finding the right area in the greens. And I think here it's a case of, finding the greens basically so um so um yeah it'll um certainly be fascinating if it plays out like that um i'm certainly going down the angle of solid iron play uh and, and the other thing i don't know if you've looked at it at all matt but the other thing that could certainly be a factor this week is the the wind um the yeah. infamous oklahoma wind so um uh that's uh, certainly we're looking at possibly sort of 30 mile an hour plus for the first couple of days if if if, if not stronger so um so yeah so it's um Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and um, of course, as is always the one with the pod, we all um, have our musical picks along the way. So um, when in Oklahoma, you've got to have some uh, Oklahoma for us, Matt, I believe, with your f- first uh, song pick of the week. Uh, yes. So I've, I've gone with uh, the theme tune from the musical Oklahoma. Uh, I'm, I'm quite entertained by a couple. It's not, I, I, I quite like musicals. I can remember telling you this on the first podcast mm. I did. Um, uh, th- these sort of Rodgers and Hammerstein ones wouldn't be my favourite, but um, just because I was kind of desperate for something with a, a, a very key Oklahoma thing, I, I went and looked at the yeah. lyrics, and um, I, I, I quite made me laugh that one of the lyrics had plenty of room to swing. I was like, blimey, this is this is quite apt for golf. Unfortunately, they're talking about yeah. swinging a rope. Uh, plenty of uh, heat and plenty of hope. Well, there you go. That's. That's what we've got full of at the, at the start of the week. Uh, and then, interesting, it did then say Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. So uh, the, the lyrics I do feel quite apt for, for uh, what we're discussing ahead of this week. Yeah. Uh, so, well, if Kenny Kim's listening in, Kenny, we got got a musical uh, uh, tune in there for you because I know you're a, a musicals man. So I um, uh, hope you'll enjoy listening to that one. Uh, and um, yeah, so the betting market, uh, we've got uh, pretty much joint favourites. Um, I think um, I think Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, might just be edging it from John Rahm. Uh, basically, uh, you can get twelve to one on either of them, but um, Scheffler is as um, uh, short as nine to one in a couple of places, uh, and, and ten to one, whereas it's more twelves and elevens across the board on on Rahm. Um, so um, they're the two joint favourites, and then just behind them comes Rory McIlroy. Uh, Justin Thomas um, uh, is at uh, sorry, Rory's at fourteen. Justin Thomas. Thomas at 16s, uh, and then um, Jordan Spieth, who understandably has been heavily supported today uh, on the back of, uh, uh, of course, winning at Hilton Head and then so nearly um, bagging another trophy in uh, Texas last night. Um, uh, beyond um, Spieth, we've got Morikawa, uh, Cantley, Cam Smith, and then uh, DJ Xander um, and, and, and so on. So, um from a historical point of view, uh, of course, the PGA Championship, unlike Augusta, isn't isn't one where we can sort of um, look too much at trends on the courses because it uh, uh, it goes around to different um, uh, different tracks each year, uh, and um, uh, yeah. But um, as a whole, it's a 
at a major that is kind to first-time major winners. There's been several of those over the recent years. Obviously, Morikara in 2020, um, Justin Thomas, Jimmy Walker, uh, Jason Duffner, Keegan Bradley, um, all, all bagged um, uh, their first majors. I'm not sure. Not sure if Rory's was Rory's first major at the PGA as well. I think possibly. Uh, um, congressional, um, wasn't it? Was it uh, congressional? Right, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you were saying that he followed up with the PGA, didn't they? Pretty. Yeah. afterwards so yeah um so uh, but there's been a lot of first time winners here um uh, over the last uh, 10 years or so first time major winners uh and um of course it used to be that you could look very closely at uh, the form in the, the events coming in uh in particular the wgc in firestone because obviously it was played in the august slot and there was a trend that was around for several years that the winner of the pga would basically finish sort of top 30 or top 25 or what have you at firestone the week before so you could narrow your field down and bob's your uncle but um uh on this occasion uh of course we moved um in 2019 to uh, the new May slot uh, to give us our sort of run of four majors, May, June, July, um, April, May, June and July. Uh, and um, so that's all gone out the window, really. But uh, um, form coming in is still, I think, um, potentially key. Although last year, obviously, Phil threw that all out the window with his um, uh, coupon buster of victory uh, at Kiowa Island. So... Um, so that pretty much covers it. Uh, I realise, actually, Matt, and this is the uh, beauty of live podcasting. I missed one of your songs earlier, uh, so we're going to we're going to backtrack because you had a song which was very poignant to what we were talking about with the live golf um, uh, stuff. So I'm I'm going to backtrack you to tell us about Anthony and the Johnsons, or a band actually I don't um, know too much about. Although I know the name, so uh, and I listened to this song earlier and I really liked it. So t tell us more about it. Uh, yes. Um... Anthony Johnson's uh, atrocities. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not one that I know uh, best of all. But um, but um, if yes, I, uh, I thought it, it fitted quite neatly with um, with what we were talking uh, about earlier. Some of the objections yes. to Saudi Arabia. I, I, yeah. I, I'm quite a big fan of. Uh, um, I've forgotten the album that they won the Mercury Prize with, but um, mm. I'm uh, quite a big fan of them. Yeah, um, so that was my, uh, my my bad. I was supposed to bring that tune in earlier, and um, I didn't. So um, yeah, uh, but um, I listened to it earlier, and it's a great track. So that will be our first track on the playlist this week, and then we will uh, uh, morph into uh, uh, the musical Oklahoma. So um, so enough talk about what we're expecting from the course and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but um, let's now get into our picks, and um, I'm going to let. Uh, uh you lead off first of all I'm, I'm going with one of the favorites which is a little boring so uh, uh i'm gonna let you give us your case for jordan spieth who i was close to backing but um i know you've gone with him so uh yeah so he, he's chasing the uh career grand slam uh that's not a massive reason why i'm, I'm going for him uh, but one reason i quite like is um he's very good off a top three finish um so he's he's played uh 36 major championships and eight times he arrived fresh off a top three finish and in those eight starts he won three of them finished third twice and was fourth once uh which is um quite a uh, fine record so he's not uh, I, I can imagine i i i for i for example would be the sort of person who, if i finished top three ahead of a major would be feeling to myself that i'd burn my bridges a bit too quickly uh, he's the exact opposite kind of character. Um, I then just like the sort of things that he said 
um, when he was talking about his reconnaissance trip to Southern Hills. Um, he, he said he loved the course. Um, he talked about those runoffs. Uh, he talked about how the greens are bent grass and the chipping areas of Bermuda, which is very like Colonial. Um, he's fantastic playing Colonial. There's Perry Maxwell designed this course and also Colonial. Um, he also actually said last week that he thought when he was putting on the greens, they reminded him a lot of Colonial. Um, and mm. if you actually look, the last three times he's been at Colonial, he's gained over seven strokes on the greens mm. to the field. Yeah, I think he averages 1.64 putting average in those last three starts at Colonial. Um, clearly, he likes um, lots about that. And also, I think there's a, there's a possibility that the, the short game element this week will appeal to his creativity. And uh, you know, I'm, uh, it's, it's no great originality to point out that he talks about the Masters and also links golf being fantastic for his creativity. Um, so I'm sort of hoping that it will be a similar case this week. Yeah, I mean, everything you said there, of course, you know, is is, is 100%. And the more you talk through him, the more I'm thinking, eh, perhaps I should be on him. <laughs> um, uh, to be honest, I've, I've been a little bit stubborn and this may well bite me in the backside. But, um, you know, four or five days ago, I was contemplating him um i was hanging on to see if he would win because i thought could he win and that's a stupid thing to say but could he win three starts on the yeah. trot if he uh, uh if he'd won yesterday uh and, and then the thing with jordan spieth or the thing i have with jordan spieth anyways you start getting to all these conversations in your head about sort of okay is there some smoke and mirrors about his game at the moment you know he won at hilton head with his putting which was sort of all over the place, uh, and and he still managed to win there. Uh, and then certainly, you know, going through the sort of back end of Saturday's round in Texas, and then yesterday's round, you know, there was a few tee shots getting away, and and sort of, uh, you, you know, he's, he's 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 talking to himself even more than he normally does, and and uh, uh, you know, the three putt on the tenth yesterday, and and you sort of think, well. Is there some smoke and mirrors with Jordan's form at the moment? Is he getting away with it a bit? Uh, so, so, but then you suddenly remember that's what he's always done, you know, like at Birkdale or, or, or whatever. That's uh, that's the, the the wonder of him that um, he, he, he wins with, you, you know, sometimes hitting it all over the shop and and just pulls that off the incredible recovery and and, and what have you. So, um, I, I, I just, I'll just jump in. There was, there was something else I quite liked, which was, which was the way he talked about the Masters. It, it really yeah. irked him that he missed the cut there. Yeah. And it wasn't just that he wanted to be there for the weekend. He, he said, I'm, I'm actually swinging it better this year than, than I did last year. I've just not been getting the results. Yeah. And um, I, yeah. I quite like a fellow who's got the bit between the teeth or something. I mean, uh, there's an obvious fear that in going first and second, that, you know, the bit slipping from the teeth, that's just yeah, a yeah. ludicrous yeah. extension of a metaphor. But, um, yeah. but um, it's, I'm always a bit worried when those... Because it's a it's a bit like clever things that caddies say to players, they tend to they they have quite a limited shelf life. They can't be repeated too often. So I'm a bit worried that that that. But I think the fact that there's another major, if if you can just be provoked to be reminded, you know, it hurt when you missed you missed yeah. Augusta. It would be a quite a straightforward thing just to give that a bit more fuel. Um, and I I I know what you mean about that smoke and mirrors thing, and it's it's also that thing sometimes. Sometimes I, I, it can be a bit deceptive to watch too much stuff because you, mm. you, you end up because the really bizarre thing about this sport is is we watch so much of the people who are in contention on the back nine 
and that, and they all make mistakes. And then you think yeah. to yourself, God, how many, how many mistakes are the rest of them making? To, yeah, you don't yeah, get to see yeah. them. And and, and the yeah. truth is, they're not making that. There's there's very little difference between. Yeah. It's it's something that's very very little spoken of. The fact that ten shots at the end of the week is the difference between a brilliant week and what appears to be a poor week. And ten yeah. you know ten shots in two hundred and eighty is 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 not a lot. I can't do the maths off the top of my head, but it's not a lot. No, you, you're right. And I mean, I'm sure you, like me, have, have walked many a golf course, you know, pro, a pro round, you know, the tournament, sort of walking 18 holes and, and, and what have you. Uh, and I've, you know, it's exactly that. I've walked around, you know, the first round of a PGA event or whatever when I've been in America. Uh, and um, uh, there's a guy who, you know, perhaps I've backed who's in the three ball who's been playing quite well. And then there's a guy in the three ball who's missed his last six cuts. And, and I'm looking at them thinking, well, you know, as we get sort of, one, two, three, four, five holes in. Oh, they're not playing that badly, and then, and then suddenly they hit one loose drive, or you know they miss a short one for par or whatever. And before you know it, the guy who's in form shot sixty-eight, uh, and the guy who's been struggling shot, um, you know, seventy-three or something. Uh, and it's, as you say, it's as simple as that. It's a couple of, um, uh, you know, it's a couple of missed putts and, uh, uh, you, you know, and a, and a couple of loose, loose drives in around, and, and yeah, the margins of error are fine and that's why yeah. on the other side of the coin you'll you'll hear the guy interviewed who shoots 62 on a thursday who's um uh you know who's finished 60th and missed missed cut in his last two starts and and you know nick dallas you'll say what turned it all around this week and uh, uh and he'll say well to be honest i've been playing well and you know it's just um the scores haven't been there so uh um yeah so i'll take your point and i suppose the, the thing to come back to with, with speed as, as well is um I got into wondering, you know, how much would the Grand Slam weigh on him as well? Now, obviously, he's he's the one of the strongest things about Spieth is is what's between the ears, as it were, over the over the years. That's been where he set himself apart from the other players. So perhaps it will weigh on him less than um, it weighs on Rory, say for example, or Augusta, if if he gets himself in, yeah. into serious contention. So I, I would actually contradict myself because whereas I tend to think, I think there's a touch of Moneyball about. Um, how sometimes if you watch a lot of golf you're a bit like those old scouts who are like who think that their their eyes are trustworthy whereas like if you just look at the numbers and just like well, who's shooting the lowest scores most often you're a bit more like the the, the statistician who, who transformed the oakland days um but just to contradict myself a little bit uh when spieth is approached to the 18th last night i sort of quite liked his reaction because he was like, it was mm. kind of like, Dad, I would love to win this tournament because he's got that history of going there as a kid with mm. his dad. Um, but he was also, so he was frustrated, but there was like quite a nice smile. And I, I was watching it thinking, yeah, I think he's in quite a good, I think he's in quite a yeah. good spot here where he, know, he he's thinking I could have won this, but actually I'm just in a really good spot to go ahead to a, mm. a major next week. That's and, But yeah. again, that is pure, utter guesswork. Yeah, no, and there's no doubt he's in, in great form. And, and uh, of course, if I've got a few points bigger and had jumped in, uh, you know, sort of um, at the beginning of the Byron Nelson event or, or what have you, then I'd be quite happily sit, sitting here and thinking, yeah, but um, I've um, be, been stubborn and it'll probably, uh, say, bite me in the backside. So, uh, so, so my having said all that and saying, uh, you know, would be looking for a few points bigger on speed, I'm, I'm going to start my team off with basically one of the, the, the co-favourites, <laughs> which probably seems a bit, uh, uh, a bit bizarre, but um, I, I do like John Rahm this week. And um, uh, again, I'm probably, you know, from Scott 
Scotty Scheffler. I've missed the Scotty Scheffler bandwagon and I'm not going to start jumping on it now at the prices he is because I just think, you know, he can't keep winning the way he's, he's winning. He's got to cool down a little bit. So, uh, but John Rahm, he seems to have heated up at just the right time. Um, obviously, Rahm's long game has been in fine fettle all season. Uh, he... Um, uh, leads uh, the tour in greens in regulation. Uh, he um, uh, is right up there off the tee, tee to green as as, as well. Um, and um, uh, yeah, he, he's basically he, he couldn't be hitting it any better uh, in the long game department. But the problem has obviously been uh, with with the putter, uh, and um, he's he doesn't hasn't become a bad putter overnight. Uh, you know, he wasn't a bad putter last season or the season before. He's he's not sort of. Um, you know, known as someone who really struggles on the green, so I think he'd just gone through one of those, uh, one of those patches, and um, he he was in the top twenty in putting in in Mexico, obviously when he won last time out. So, um, so to, to me, he could now, like all of the top players, get on a little bit of a run. So Sheffield's obviously been on on the run, and we've seen it with uh, uh, you, you know all the other big names where they can sort of win two or three times in a short succession. And uh, I think Ram comes here in huge confidence to a course that with his tee to green game um i'm just pulled the stats up he's actually first um uh both off the tee and from tee to green on the tour uh to go with the first in greens and regulation so he, he really is the man from uh you, you know from the from the tee to the green uh and um uh, I just think coming back to what we were talking about, this this will be a perfect test for him. He's got the uh, length as well. He's third in driving distance, so he's got the length to to tackle the longer par fours. And, and um, although the par fives will potentially be three shotters, you, you know, if there is an opportunity to go from one of them in two, then uh, he's as likely as anyone to be able to do it. So, um, so I just think everything looks as though it could play into his hands this week. Uh, and, um, yeah, I just wanted him on side. And, and I think um, he's a bit of an each-way bet to nothing. Uh, I know you're not going to get Rich back in a 12-to-1 shot each way if they come third, but uh, you, you're going to make a profit. So um, so I, I've started my team up with uh, John Rahm this week. Uh, I've gone two and a half points each way for the nine places at 12-to-1. Uh, and um, I'm going to throw my first song in for the week, which is um, uh, they're all racing for the prize this week. And uh, I'm going with a band from Oklahoma City, actually, Flaming Lips. Um, I don't know if you're a, a fan of theirs, Matt, but uh, as I say, it's Race for the Prize, which was very apt for this week. It's from their 1999 album, Soft Bulletin. Uh, and um, we've got an o Oklahoma band. So, um, yeah, that's my first song pick for the Flaming Lips. So, uh, you're a fan of theirs, Matt, at all? Do you know as much as uh, Yeah, I like uh, uh, Yoshimi Battles, the Pink Robots. Yeah. Absolutely. Big yeah, cracking tune. So, yep. um, so uh, well, you'll be listening to that. Remember, everyone, I'll put that out on Spotify as a link afterwards. You'll be able to listen to that um, uh, afterwards. So, um, we move on. And um, there's a couple of players around a similar sort of odds uh and um one of them we've both gone for so before i do my second pick i'm gonna let you um tell us um who uh or make the case for uh the uh, the chat that we're both on um who uh, uh yeah i know you're, you're keen on this week so uh, tell us more matt um yeah uh shane lowry so um a, a little bit of me is wary because uh i've been on quite a nice run with him in the majors so um i was on him when he won the open uh, i was on him this tournament last year and at the masters um so i feel like i'm 
there's a little bit of loyalty there. But part of the reason why I've kept going with him is um, I think his head's in a really good place when he when he encounters majors. I think he he enjoys the week. He talks about knowing how to deal with the week, about how when things go bad, you just you cope, and then when the wind's in your sails, you you take advantage. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult thing for people trying to understand how to play majors. You look, you look at uh, here's two golfers off the top of my head. Um, between them, Matt Fitzpatrick and Billy Horschel, both world top twenty players. They have mm. two top tens in the majors in sixty starts between them. Um, mm. so, so it's you know we'll, we'll, we'll be coming to one of those in a bit. <laughs> so you're making me feel better there. But so yeah, carry on. Uh, so, so so you know it's 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 not an easy thing getting yourself um, right for these things. And I think Larry's. Um, got that at the moment and then there's also just like a very straightforward thing he's in very good form um i also think he's he's coming off the masters thinking what could have done better there um mm. and and i am i am a big big fan of liking people who've who've been getting their nose onto the front page of the leaderboard in the, the previous majors i think it's what people tend to do when they win majors um, and then i just think uh um, I think actually it may have been you who tweeted a fried egg video of 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 the course. Was that, was that you? I think I think it was. Wasn't it? Uh, I, I put out the golf digital. I think Ben put the fried egg one up. I saw ah, that. that I yeah, it's, that, it's but, the one. It's, whichever one it is, I'm I'm fairly sure it's the one that you put up. And so it was like right. an aerial thing. And I, I went yeah, there. I think it was the golf digital one. Yeah. I'm yeah, yeah, it. and um, yeah. Thinking about, it, I don't think the voice sounded fried egg. Um, and um, yeah, it was. I I watched it. And I just I sort of thought it got me thinking about i remember i was lucky enough to play port rush shortly before the open mm. and i remember thinking to myself there was something about the short game that was needed that week the ball was going to run was going to run back and i can remember watching players trying to work out how to 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 get the ball up onto the green because it was it was fairly steep so putting was a possibility you had to give it a right or rattle um and and just looking at it i started to think oh this kind of reminds me of that sort of thing and it's and and the reason I liked Larry at Portrush was I just thought he's very good at approach play, and then he's just very good at um, recoveries. Uh, I, I mentioned that me and Dave Tinder were chatting. We were having a big discussion. I'd be interested in your thoughts on this. We were trying to get to grips with all the various short game stats uh, and, and the difference. There's, there's, there's an article by Mark Brody out there that talks about yeah. strokes gained scrambling, because of course yeah. his point was was that scrambling is is a, is a yet another deceptive. Um, mm. Stat because if someone goes three off the tee, um, <laughs> they're literally scrambling for, from the tee, um, yeah. and, so, and so you only have to do that twice in a season, and your stats are utterly marmalized mm. and, and look terrible. Mm. Um, but strangely, yeah. we we also sort of argued that in a different sort of way, it kind of it's kind of a very good stat for playing majors because you've got to scrap mm. it, it, it. That what it actually demonstrates is the ability to make par when you're under pressure, um, yeah. which you yeah, could yeah. argue is a very good is is a very good quality for. Um, probably for this week. Um, so yeah. I sometimes think Lowry is one of these people who, again, this is um, um, if ever a man contradicts himself, it's uh, um, the tally. My tally is is going through the roof here. But he's mm. one of those people who everyone says is a great chipper, and sometimes the stats don't necessarily shout that. But um, but it, it's worked for me in the past, and thinking, oh, I'm going to go for it again this week. Yeah, I mean, it's in, it's interesting you bringing up the point there about um, you, you know this is the, I'll use the phrase again the smoke and mirrors of the uh, uh, the whole strokes gain thing, but particularly if we talk about the the short game, you're right because obviously strokes gained around the green um, can 
bring you a very different sort of um, uh, viewpoint of someone's short game than scrambling and sand saves can uh, because you know strokes gained around the green you, you can be focusing more on sort of you know chipping in and making birdies on on sort yeah. of easier quarters where obviously your sand saves can be sort of getting up and down and uh, uh, you know in majors like we, we talk about um, you, you know Shane I'm sure we'll hear the phrase he's got a great pair of hands a few times this week as he gets uh, uh, up and down from around the greens and, and um, uh, I mean I've just pulled them up while we're uh, we're talking and um Shane's um, around the green stats. Uh, so his sand save percentage, uh, he's second on tour. Scrambling, he's second on tour. Um, but um, his um, strokes gained around the green uh, ranking is 143rd. Yeah. So make, make what that you, as you will. And, uh, uh, and then, of course... Um, Ultimately, if you're gaining your strokes, and, and this maybe I'm going awry here, so you can put me right if I'm wrong, uh, the ball needs to go in the hole. So if you produce a really good bunker shot for a sand save or, you know, or chip from around the green uh, and then miss the three-footer, then is that going to help your strokes gained around the green stat? I assume it's, it's not. So you might have produced a, a great chip, but um, if, if you don't sort of, um, yeah, get, get the job done. So... Uh, is that, am I right in that logic in thinking? Or, uh, uh, um, well, I know that when me and Dave chatted, we, I think we were arguably more confused at the end than we were at the beginning. <laughs> so, I, I, was so, I was so confused because I'm sure there used to be a stat. There is a stat for scrambling outside of 30 yards. I'm sure there used to be yeah. one for scrambling inside. And, and we can't find it anywhere on PGATour.com anymore. Right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll have a hunt for that see if I can find it. But because uh, we thought uh, that would be that that would be the sort of answer to our great question. It, it was a slightly frustrating article that Brody wrote where he said, "Yeah, there are strokes yeah. gained scrambling," and it's like, oh, "Great!" And this was like three, four years ago. It's like, well, if it's if it's if it's findable, I don't really understand why it's not it's not up on the. Um, yeah. So so track. Shane Lowry here. So so thirty yards. Shane Shane Lowry. Um, scrambling from uh, 10 yards and in, he's eighth. Scrambling from 10 to 20 yards, he's sixth. Scrambling from 20 to 30 yards, he's 15th. And scrambling from over 30 yards, he's 18th. So, um, so you, you're looking for scrambling from 30 yards and in, did you say you were looking for? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically, so, well, they've got, they've got them broken down from yeah. 30 to 20 to 10 to, yeah. um, etc. So, um, yeah, so, uh, but um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, we know Shane Larry's got a great short game, so uh, so we don't need the stats to tell us that. And I'm not suddenly going to think he's got a bad short game because his strokes gained around the green stats are, are, are bad. So, uh, so I'm I'm with you 100 percent on on Shane this week, uh, and um, like you, I have been. Um, uh, sort of um, on his train, if you like, for uh, the last um, two big events. I was on him at the Masters, and obviously we got a return there, and I was on him at Sawgrass, where um, he, he frustratingly sort of um, uh, slipped away a bit uh, on, the, on the, well, not the Sunday, on the Monday. So um, uh, I'm happy to stick with him, and um, his long game is obviously firing. Everything's firing, and we know when he wins, he wins big. So, uh, and of course, the wind I'll, blows. Um, yes, I'll throw, I'll throw one big. final little thing in um, that yeah. I forgot, which is that um, you mentioned Firestone earlier. Um, yeah, and I, I well, I think Firestone 
in many ways is very different to this week. And yet, if you have a little look at um, people who have um, won, like Stuart Sink won a couple of times at Firestone and really should have yeah. been in the playoff. Uh, yeah. Retief Goosen has won at um, Firestone. Tigers won at Firestone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there were a couple. Um, did um, uh, who else? Um, somebody else. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Nick Price. He Nick won Price, there. possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Floyd, uh, Floyd and Hubert Green lost playoffs. Billy Mayfair right. was twice second there. Um, so. Okay. Uh, I, I can off the top of my head say that from Firestone used to have thick rough around the green, so it was quite different. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's another sort of tree line golf course, small greens. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, that might bode well for him. Interesting. So, um, so yeah, I'm with you 100% on Shane. Um, I think, um, uh, you, you know, he's got it. I mean, he's had has so many opportunities, uh, and, and one's got to fall for him soon the way he's playing. So, uh, um, so yeah, um, it's a big tick for Shane this week, uh, and um, my next selection uh, is I'm going to at similar odds to Shane. I'm going to side with Hideki Matsuyama, and um, uh, I, I looked. I mean, and this has become slightly a bit more of a moot point as his odds have sort of uh, crept in through the course of the day. But I, I looked at him this morning uh, when obviously I still wasn't 100 decided on my team, and um, he was. 30 to 1 was was sort of pretty uh, available i mean he's now best price um 28 for eight places but it's um uh, 25s uh 22s but uh you can still get uh 28 um uh with bet 365 for eight places uh, and i thought i'm not saying that either of them will win or one of them can't win or what have you but on what train of logic should hideki matsuyama be five, six points bigger than Xander Schofle this week, as an example. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, Hideki's proven he can get the job done in the in the, in the the majors. He's a, he's won twice on tour this season. Uh, he's obviously had purple patches in his career when, uh, I mean, before he got injured a few years back, he won sort of two or three times in a really short space. He won, in fact, didn't he win at Firestone as well? Um, yes, around did, that yeah. time, yeah. Um, and... Um, by he's mile, one of the he's one of the game's elite, and for some reason, the the layers always seem to sort of price him just outside of that. And obviously, I know there's this thing about his putting, but uh, um, obviously, he, he's won enough golf tournaments uh, to show that he he can win even when he's um uh, you, you know not completely firing on the on the greens. And uh, uh, he, he was um, uh, number one in approach play uh, at uh, the Byron Nelson. Obviously, he'd had the neck injury that had derailed him from uh, he, he's sort of superb runner form earlier in the season and, and he was out for a little while before Augusta and then played Augusta but he looked 100% this this week he's obviously taken a few more weeks off so um so there's no reason to think why he's not back to the player that's won twice this season already and and, and winning you know with some with some players they can win a major and, and perhaps um you know rest of their laurels a bit and um you know achieve what they want to achieve and and uh, uh but with Hideki it seems we've just taken a weight off of him obviously winning for the you know the Japanese um for the country if you like and and um he just um he seems to be playing carefree golf and as long as he's fit and healthy uh I, I don't say I'm not saying Xander Schofield can't win this week and and he played really really well obviously um after a really slow start in uh, at um 
uh, at TPC Craig Ranch. Uh, I'm not saying Victor Hovland can't win, who's obviously a massive talent and will win major championships. Uh, but I don't see a logic for Hideki, certainly as was earlier in the day, to be a, a, a bigger price than either of them, really. So, uh, And um, as I say, he still is a bigger price. You can still get 28 to 1. So uh, so again, with his um, uh, short game, or sorry, his long game uh, being what's needed to you know hit, hit the small greens, his um, fabulous approach play. Uh, and of course, we have the link also potentially to Augusta if um, uh, you know we got the, the runoff areas, etc., in a similar sort of way. So, so um, I very much wanted to have Hideki on side this week. So he's my next pick, uh, and I'm going to put a song in the pod for Hideki. Um, we're uh, going to go um, with uh, a song by the w Wombats, um, who uh, are, are obviously a, a more uh, a Liverpudlian band, actually, and they're more 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 recent than um, some of the, the stuff we have on the pod. This is from their uh, 2011 album, This Modern Glitch, and the song is uh, Tokyo Brackets Vampires and Wolves. Uh, and um, if uh, uh, it has a lyric in it, uh, uh, if you love me, let me go back to that bar in Tokyo. Uh, so I'm sure uh, Hideki um, uh, will be, well, he probably couldn't actually after he won the Masters because of obviously all the lockdowns and what have you, but uh, would have liked to be celebrating in a bar in Tokyo. And if he wins the PGA, I'm sure he will. So uh, so Hideki's my next selection. Um, and um, I'm going to rattle in to my um, next pick as well, because I've got uh, five and I don't know. Um, uh, let you uh, run out of selections before I'm, I'm still rattling through uh, the rest of mine, uh, Matt. So if you don't mind, I'm going to quickly yeah. rattle, uh, rattle through this guy. And I think you, you've made me not want to pick him after what you said about him. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm chancing Billy Horschel. Uh, so um, I, I will, uh, yeah, I will um, say actually that um, uh, there was a, a quite a, a long short list of people who I came very close. There were like little bits that I liked, and and Billy Horschel was on it. I, th I think. For somebody who's a WGC winner and the world number 14, he kind of uh, understandably gets a bit ignored at majors because of what I said, that he's, he's never... Yeah. But that top five, it was on a Perry Maxwell course, wasn't it? It so. was, and that was one of the things that led me to him. He, he yeah. um, memorably hit all 18 greens on the Friday there. Uh, and uh, I think with the Billy Horschel sort of mantra is when he's playing well, he'll play well basically if that's a stupid thing to say but when he comes in on a hot run of form and obviously he's not caps it off with a win uh he, he's likely whatever the course is to continue to to play well and and uh uh you know he's, he's shown that this this year um uh playing well at sort of bay hill which isn't the place he's particularly played played well at before he then unfortunately was sick at sawgrass i must admit my record of backing billy horschel of late isn't great which perhaps should have put me off a bit i was on him at sawgrass and then he was sick so uh, we drew halfway through the tournament so uh that, that wasn't ideal so um but um he uh, obviously was really solid with Sam Burns again. He was striping it uh, in the pairs event at the Zurich. Uh, and um, again, it, it's it's about the tee to green game. And he's also been putting really well this season and scrambling really well. So everything's working for Billy. And I, I do think, I'm not saying he will win a major championship because obviously there's so many players who could win major championships. But I think he has has it in him to win a major championship. Uh, and um, uh, he was, um, I thought, uh, fair odds at uh, 80 to 1. So uh, I've um, I've chanced him one point each way, 80 to 1 for 10 places. So, of course, uh, in these majors, it's not just about uh, finding the winner. You, if you can bag your each way at 10 places, then that, that'll do the job. Uh, he's also played well for what it's worth. Um, and um, 
you, you know, he might be sort of clutching the straws slightly here, but he had back-to-back top uh, um, top three finishes in 2018 at Ridgewood Country Club and at Aronimink in the uh, playoffs, which have got um, uh, Gil Hans's stamp on them from a redesign point of view. So uh, that was... Um, something that caught my eye uh so um yeah i, I just thought if we, if we are going to get a bit of a grind this week you know he's decent in the wind obviously um with his florida background if we are going to get a bit of a grind this week uh and finding fairways and greens um it, it becomes uh the key to it uh or finding greens certainly then um billy could well be your man and um as i say i had the merian performance in the back of my mind so uh i i, I wanted to chance him so uh um that's uh that's billy horschel for, for me um um, and before we get into uh, your um, your next and uh, uh, final pick, I think actually, actually Matt, um, give give us another song, which um, is another one sort of um, with the, the Oklahoma connections. And uh, I must admit, it's a, a, an artist I know little to nothing about. So uh, give us give us a song and some background. Yeah, so I know I know very little about this artist, Merle Haggard, uh, myself, except that I know that it is the fa- it's the favourite. Um, musician of uh, Oz out of Arvida Zainpet. Uh, and I am a, I am an enormous Arvida Zainpet oh, okay. fan, uh, even to the extent that when it was on Mastermind, I, I, I was flawless, uh, 100%. Um, and uh, I've, even, I've even bizarrely met a friend of the writers, Clementine Lafrenay, and, and staggered him with my bizarre knowledge of it. Um, but um, it's, uh, so uh, Oz loves this song, uh, Oki from Muskogee. Uh, when when I listened to it um, ahead of this, I just discovered that it's quite a weird song. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it turns out that Oklahoma people really didn't like hippies, and this song was written in support of Oklahoma folk who found hippies who didn't want to go to the Vietnam um, War slightly irritating, and it's like it's like a sort of rally cry for conservatives. Uh, so, it's oh, slight, okay. <laughs> so slightly odd, slightly odd lyrics. Um, uh, slightly surprised that um, Oz was therefore such a big fan of it, uh, but um, it, it's not entirely ungolf connected because one of my favourite scenes in television connected with golf uh, takes place at a golf club de las Brisas, which has hosted the European Tour a couple of times. I think I think Jose Maracaibo okay. won something there, and um, uh, Ali Fraser, the Newcastle gangster, and Kenny Ames. Britain's leading pornographer, to, to quote one of the characters in Arvida Zane Pet. They play a round of golf there in, in the second series of Arvida Zane Pet. Possibly the worst golf you've ever seen in your life. Mm. Ali Fraser is just appalling at it. Um, but it's quite fu- I, I find it quite a funny little scene. Um, and yeah, so Arvida Zane Pet does have a golf scene in it. Um, and Oki is what, apparently what you call an Oklahoma citizen. So that's what that's all about. Okay, uh, is Muskogee a place in Oklahoma then? Or, I think uh, I think I think it must be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, uh, yeah. So um, go check it out. Go give it a listen, and um, it, um, don't take the lyrics to heart from what Matt's saying. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, so that's uh, I think. Um, oh, you've got one more musical pick with your next uh, uh, next. Uh, um, betting pick which uh you're gonna run through so uh yeah give us give us your long shot then uh yeah so my long shot is uh mackenzie hughes i'm i i did have quite a long list i mentioned um i've liked backing cory connors recently because he he has a very good record in in the majors Mm. um i I mentioned how i like people who poke their nose up onto leaderboards so matthew wolf 
I had a little look at him. Uh, Charles Schwartz. He's an Oklahoma guy, isn't he? He's a yeah, nice yeah. new guy, isn't uh, he? Yeah, so. Charles Schwartz. Uh, we might have yeah. forgotten. He's another one who's got actually quite a risible major championship mm. record. But he did poke his nose up yeah. at the Masters. Did play well last yeah. weekend. Um, yeah. Keegan Bradley. Uh, he's, he's yeah, very, looked at him. Yeah. He's very confident about his saying how his putting is, is better than it's ever been, even before yeah. the, the long stick. Uh, and actually, he's another winner at Firestone, not just a PGA Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kepka looks like quite a big prize. I mean, it's, there's been a lot of rubbish from him this year, but there's been some good stuff as well. Um, yeah, well, I, I think I, there's been some in injury problems there, yes, isn't there? I was reading yes. this before um, uh, we, we, we came on, I was reading Ben's preview, and I think Ben's actually tipped in Ben Coley and, and just yeah. sort of taking a chance based on the on the price. So I think yeah. there's a few unknowns there, but of course the price look, could look massive, um, yeah. uh, you know, come Sunday. But, so, yeah. And then I, th I, I did wonder, if Daniel Berger's a winner at Colonial, yeah. Um, yeah. and so is Jason Coatcrack. Um, I am yeah, actually he was on Coatcrack from a long, a long while uh, back to right. Christmas. Uh, I'm slightly okay. less excited about it now, but it's not it's not totally disastrous. Mm. Um, but so so uh, yeah, Mackenzie Hughes in the end, um, yeah, he was tied to the 54 hole lead at Tory Pines US Open last year. Uh, yeah. he, he then was sixth in the Open. I'm a bit worried that that was the that was the time to snaffle in, but but we'll we'll bear with it. Uh, top ten at the Wells Fargo a couple of starts ago. Um, he's actually got quite nice scrambling stats. Should they? Mm. Uh, uh, 39th around the greens, first for scrambling from the fringe, 16th from the rough. Um, mm. He's got a top 10 at Colonial and was actually second with 18 miles to play. Uh, definitely a long shot, but when I saw the price, I was kind of like, I mean, you can get well over 350, and I've taken like something. Yeah, I'm just looking because I noticed all. I noticed also um, that uh, I think um, Steve Bamford's possibly put him up, and uh, uh, okay. I know he obviously has quite a strong following. So let's see if the uh, the odds are still. There. I tell you what, uh, I, you, I, you carry on talking while I check his odds. Yeah, another so, little yeah. thing that I looked at. I was trying to find a. I was trying to find uh, with this being quite a longish, par mm. seventy. I did go looking to see if I could find one of a similar sort of. Mm. Is, so the, the nearest I could find. Par seventy with bent grass greens and this sort of length. I came up with Olympia Fields. Um, right. Okay. Now that's good news for you because John Rahm won it, and yeah, Hide yeah, and, yeah, Hide yeah. and Hideki was third. So it's, this is yeah. fantastic for you. You've gone for the wrong. Yeah. You've gone for the wrong man with the dire um, major record because Matt Fitzpatrick was sixth. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. But then uh, Kokrak was also sixth, and Mackenzie yeah. Hughes was tenth. Um, right. okay. So um, uh, Matthew Wolf was 16th as well. So um, um, yeah, uh, not that that means a, a, a great deal of, uh, of stuff, but um, uh, yes, um, the price that he was. He's three fifty still with um, Unibet, who I know you obviously you, you write for. So yeah, yeah you can get three hundred fifty to one for seven places with Unibet. Um, he's into two fifties for ten places, but um, yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. Pay your money, you take your chance on you as to whether you want less places, bigger odds or not. But um yeah. There you go. So he's my he's my master outsider. And I I'm 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 deliberating I might play him a little bit in the first round as well. I'm not sure at the moment. Yeah. Um, any of um, before I give my last pick, any of the um, for for want of a uh, cliched phrase, any of the sort of more um, 
regular European Raiders um, uh, interest you? So the likes of uh, Adrian Naus, for example, on the back of a win, or, or sort of Bernd Wiesberger back over uh, again in the States, um, or, or uh, obviously Horsfield on the back of his win. Any of those uh, um, catch I, your eye at all? I, 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 I've, always, I've always rather warmed to Bernd Wiesberger, but um, um, I'd be quite happy um, never to... I'd be I'd be surprised if he did well in a major or a, uh, rather than wanting to put any money on him because uh, he, yeah. he's another with a rotten record. Um, he did have one really good major finish. Yeah, in the PGA as well, mightn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he head, was I can't of... remember. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, so none of those, uh, no one on that from Rio. Larazabal on the back of, I mean, 300 to 1, Pablo Larazabal on the back of his yeah. recent good run of form. So, uh, uh, or, or, I mean, you could see her all day long. Ryan, Ryan Fox on the back of uh, uh, a really solid performance over in Belgium, Sim similar odds, but uh, not not for me. But um, yeah, uh, I, I guess because the, the problem is with the with the majors, not the problem. I mean, you, you can start to fall into the trap, and maybe I'm falling into it with my final pick in a minute. Uh, you can start to fall into the trap of thinking okay we can get 10 11 even 12 places if you go onto the the, the bookies website you know go onto like skybet uh, or boiled sports and they'll although they're posting for 10 places or 11 places on odds checker you can get for 12 places on there you know if you're prepared to take shorter odds uh, and you start getting into thinking okay well you know 200 to 1 for 12 places and he's been playing well and what have you but then you come back to the fact that Sunday evening we'll be looking at the final leaderboard and particularly with the form that a lot of these guys are in at the moment because, I mean, you know, there's some really strong form from the top of the market. Seven or eight of those places will probably be taken up by the likes of Ram, Scheffler, McElroy, Thomas, Spieth, Morikawa, I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, Morikawa, Cantley, Cam Smith, uh, Xander, Hideki, you know, Shane Larry. So so half a dozen of those will be... So, so you're basically playing for five or six places, aren't you, really? Or, or, or what have you, when, when you, you, you go out on a limb a bit. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it can be a little bit of a... Um, yeah, sort of full, fool's goal, as it were. But uh, so before, anyway, before I, I throw my last pick out there, uh, give us your final um, final musical selection. Uh, oh, yeah. This, I, 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 I hold my hands up that this was slightly desperate. I'd, <laughs> I'd looked at my three picks and I, was, I, I wasn't quite as creative as you in coming up with a, a, um, a good um, title oh, or band it? or anything. But, and then, and then um, I went... Uh, I suddenly discovered that Leonard Skinner is another, another, another um, interesting uh, background um, musician of the SS band. Uh, but I saw Gimme Three, <laughs> Gimme Three um, Steps, and, and in fact, it's got Gimme and Three in it. And I was like thinking, uh, avoiding three putting is going to be very important this week. Uh, and the Gimme, I just, uh, there we go, that fits. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't one I knew very well, but, um, um, but I had a little listen. It could have been worse. <laughs> there is there, there is there is a fantastic video if you've ever seen it. it's on youtube um and um i challenge anyone who likes guitar music to not like Freebird, obviously uh the live version uh and there is uh this great um video on youtube for them playing and it's before the tragic plane crash and i think it's literally like um you know in the 12 months before or, or what have you uh and um uh do you know the background to the do you know the Leonard Skinner plane crash story? Um not, you, not you great, yeah. I know a little bit about uh, it. Yeah, I mean I am certainly not an expert but on it and I'm not gonna start na naming who exactly sadly 
passed in it because I, I can't know exactly which band members it were, was, but it was they had a tragic plane crash. That unfortunately, uh, um, you know, so, so, sort of more than one of the band members died in. And um, but there's this this um, fantastic video of them playing Freebird live from a concert uh, in Oakland, California, in sort of 1970 one or 72 or whatever it was uh with you know with the big full-on guitar solo it's well worth a listen <laughs> and uh yeah it's re really good live live footage so that's on the youtube if you like your old wig outs to leonard skinnard um but um i'm not so familiar with this track i know this track obviously not so not so familiar with it but uh yeah it's um it, it's good to have it on the pod so uh and i would rather that than if you'd gone for return of the mac did that uh, cross your mind at all or, uh... <laughs> I, uh, uh, i've forgotten that one but the one the one what dear me yeah um there was one odd sort of mac thing that i did come up with uh and then oh no no i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna go with that yeah would have probably got a veto to be honest so uh <laughs> yeah uh bones mckay style with phil i would have used my one one um one one veto per pod on it or whatever so uh yeah um anyway my final um pick for this week and um i'm going out of limb with my final pick to a player that i'm regular listeners and readers of my my um some dog column will know i'm um, a bit of a fan of because i think he's uh uh got what it takes when it, the mood takes him and that's uh that's brandon grace and uh i guess i come back to the same thing with brandon grace i often come back to it with him which is uh i mean he's still only 33 so he's got huge amounts of good golf in front of him still and, and potentially his best years ahead of him you know a major championship or, or what have you um and we know that when he's on song, he can compete at this level. Uh, you know, he can compete against the, the best players in, in, in the world, basically. Uh, and uh, he's a serial winner. So, so um, you know, I've, I've no quite, I would have, let, let's put it on this, Brandon Grace is available at 250 to 1 for 10 places each way, um, as is Lanto Griffin. I'm just looking at the market here randomly, Matt Jones. Troy Merritt, a fraction bigger, uh, Anabhan Lahiri. So um, if we got to Sunday afternoon and Brandon Grace was um, tied for the lead uh, with sort of Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth, I would give Brandon Grace a chance as a serial winner and someone who, you know, when his game's on, can, can compete at that level. Uh, and I wouldn't be so optimistic if I was on Lanto Griffin. Um, and that's not to say he can't play well and have a good week but uh so i like brandon grace at these sort of odds and um of course you, you know ultimately he's got to be playing some decent golf which he hasn't been this year hence his odds uh but there have been some glimmers of light or chinks of light over the uh uh the last few weeks um i mean it was an awful start to the year to him for him and then he didn't uh, make it to augusta uh but um then um we know he likes hilton head but he played well at hilton head um uh, from T to Green in particular, he was um, uh, ranked fifth in approach play for the week. Uh, he only um, finished in something like uh, 38th or something, but his long game uh, was a lot lot better. Uh, and um, yeah, he was fifth in approach play, 19th off the tee, uh, and uh, 15th from T to Green. He finished 33rd, sorry. Uh, then he went on to the Zurich and uh, played uh, really well alongside Higo, which, uh, you know, having the young South African alongside him must have uh, inspired him and hopefully pushed him on a bit. And, um, you know, it wasn't a case of Higo carrying him or anything. He produced some really good stuff. They shot 65 together in foursomes on the Friday. Uh, he missed the cut at the World's Fargo, but obviously I think 
the weather played havoc that that week. But um, he, he was solid, if unspectacular, on a, on a sort of you know the shootout in Texas. Uh, he was thirty eighth. Uh, he finished with back to back rounds of sixty seven, only making um, I know it wasn't that easy to make bogeys there, but he only made one bogey over the final two days. So there's, there's definitely improvement. And if you look at his record, not in the Masters because he doesn't like Augusta, which obviously if it does tie into this week isn't really a positive but uh, uh if we look at his record in the um other two um american-based majors uh he's got a tremendous record in them uh i think he's played a dozen uh either us opens or us pgas in the in, in the last sort of um you know five six years uh plus uh and um he's produced um uh fourth place at um uh the pga uh at the past 70 at uh, sorry, third place at Bowser's role on a par 70. Um, uh, fourth place on another PGA track. He obviously nearly won at Chambers Bay. Um, he was seventh at uh, Torrey Pines last year. Uh, he was fifth at Oakmont. Um, so he does seem to like the, the sort of setups that you get on these, these PGA tracks. Uh, he was in the hunt at Kiowa Island for three rounds last year and then shot 78 on Sunday, which shoved his you know, score right, more shot his finishing position right down the leaderboard, but he was right up there. I think he was leading in the second round. So, um, so um, yeah, uh, I just felt at the price he was worth risking. There's been a bit of a glimmer of light, and um, I, I do think he's going to come good eventually. Uh, and he plays tough golf course as well. And of course, if the wind blows, uh, he's, um, you know, he's, he's, he's very low ball, ball flight is, is um, you know, going to serve him very well. So, uh, so it was 250 to one for 10 places for me for Brandon and grace so um are you i mean i know you're obviously this week but is he is he somewhere you sort of given up on to a certain extent or do you think he might have his best um uh best years in front of him still matt um, i've definitely not given up on it. i think it was on him when he won um puerto rico um yeah i, I, love, actually, him. Yeah, I love him yeah, when yeah, the winds yeah. if the wind's blowing yeah. and he's by the sea and that sort of trap i love it, mm. it you bringing him up is just and saying how old he is has just had me going through his record and stuff i absolutely I can't believe it's 10 years since he had that year when he won all the tournaments on the yeah, yeah. European yeah. tour. And then he, he looked back and he was like playing 2007 on the challenge tour. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I, I, when he won, I, in my head, I sort of imagined he was probably five years older than 23 when he was breaking through on the European tour because he kind of looks a bit old. I think he looks older than what he was then. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's five years since he went at Harbour Town. That all seems kind of yeah. I was, I was on him there as well, actually. So he's, his player oh, has yeah. served me well over time. So yeah. and um, I was a bit frustrated because I was on him at Kiowa Island because that looked a perfect fit for him. Obviously, coastal I was as well, wind, actually. Yeah, exactly. uh, and then he slipped down the field, and yeah. then I wasn't on him at Tory Pines, <laughs> which obviously was coast. It's coastal, but it, you didn't really see it as a sort of you, you know windy coastal test in the way you see sort of um, you know more more, more linksy events. So, um, uh, but uh, he served me well over the years, and uh, I do think he's got. Uh, I know. He's had sort of one or two health issues so uh um you know maybe that's what's setting back slightly so i'm i'm taking um you know taking a, a leap that he's healthy at the moment so uh but um yeah so he's my final pick he's my long shot if you like uh obviously we're playing for 10 places so i'd happily uh 
uh, take a eighth place outright or something like that. So, um, so I'm going to um, wrap up my team with Brandon Grace, and uh, I'm going to wrap up my musical selections um, this week uh, with a song called Grace uh, by The View, um, who are another band from sort of um, around the similar era of the Wombats, actually, and. Uh, um, uh, this is taken from their third album called Bread and Circuses. And as I say, it's a song called Grace. It was a single off the album. Uh, it was released in 2010. If you don't know The View, they make sort of uh, uh, sort of raucous, rollicking, indie, sort of poppy punk songs and, um, yeah, sung in broad Scottish accents and uh, uh, well worth a listen. So uh, uh, that's my final musical selection for the week. Uh, and... Um, yeah, any other players you want to give an honorary mention to before I sort of wrap things up and talk about the free bet this week and what have you? Um, or, don't um... think so. I think I'm, um, I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm, I might be moving towards making sure that I've got Charles Schwartz on, on, um, on side because yeah. uh, your just mention of Brandon Grace and how he fatted and then landed just reminds me again yeah. of, of how much I like those. I like somebody who's 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 gone close just before. Mm. Um, yeah. landing a place. So, um, um, yeah, Charles Schwartz might. Um, I might wait and see if I can get a bigger price later in the week. Though. Yeah. Well, when he turned, I don't know if you're aware of this, he turned to the long putter for the first time in um, at the Byron Nelson. So the, an the, the anchored but not really anchored or right. um, uh, method. So which um, he, obviously the commentators were saying, I didn't see any interviews directly with him, but the commentators were saying how much he loved it and uh, uh, he was really comfortable with it. And, um, you, you know, it was a breath of fresh air for him. So there's obviously a novelty factor, isn't there? And, and uh, I think he, I didn't look at his putting stats uh, at the Byron Nelson but obviously i think he passed it pretty well so um yeah um but um so uh, and i guess the other thing and you know again we're probably going very ten tentative dot joining here but the other thing that sort of um made me quite like grace this week is the fact that we see uh goosen's one at southern hills so i thought okay so um uh, and, and obviously uh nick, nick price uh, of course not south african but zimbabwean but uh, yeah. they'll be brought up on similar types of tracks um so uh i thought uh, perhaps there might be something in that uh you, you know if we do get um uh, if the rain, I mean, there's a possibility of some rain on Saturday, and I know they'd had a lot of rain sort of last week and in the sort of few weeks leading up, but it's supposed to have been dry. Uh, and obviously, if they got these sort of 18 degree temperatures for the first part of the week or 90 degrees and uh, uh, and the wind whipping through, you know, we could see a fairly, um, you know, fir firm course. Although, obviously, if the wind is that strong, they'll have to keep it watered a little bit. But uh um, so, uh, yeah, so Brandon Grace, uh, wraps it up for me this week. Uh, so we move on to the, um, the free bet. As we know, we give away a free bet each week, uh, five pound free bet. So, uh, thank you for those who have sent in your song selections and I'm now going to pull some of them up on, uh, uh, my Twitter feed here that have been, uh, suggested we've had um oklahoma by inhaler um thank you gary well that's bono's son you ever heard them that's bono's son's band inhaler i don't know if you're familiar with them no, no. so, I'm, I'm, I'm i'm far from, i'm not the world's greatest you fan you of, too, man. No. Of, of, bono, <laughs> of bono as i like i like the fact that larry david calls him bono yeah um we've got um there's a few phil angles here we got going missing um by maximo park in honor of Very phil good. uh um, uh, suggested by Big Day Buses. Um, we've got Millions, um, again in honour of uh, Phil and uh, uh, maybe what he'll be earning um, uh, by the Amazons. Uh, thank you, from David Verity. 
Um, what else have we got here? Uh, we've got a few other suggestions. Uh, Kung Fu fighting, someone put forward, um, uh, Ian Stone, and um, uh, perhaps in honor of um, uh, KH Lee's uh, win, I'm assuming. So, uh, but um, I'm going to go with one. I really like this link, actually. Uh, uh, this has been suggested by MPG at MPG at Blodge99 on Twitter. So thank you, MPG. Uh, you've won this week's free bet. So he's gone with um, Times They Are A-Changing by Bob Dylan. Uh, and when I looked into this a bit bit further, because uh, this is what MPG told me in, in his um, tweet, uh, the Bob Dylan Museum uh, is in Tulsa. Uh, and actually, what MPG didn't tell me, but I've just uh, I found out when I Googled it, it only opened last week, apparently. Uh, and it's a result of the fact that Bob Dylan sold his archive um, uh, in 2016 to the Tulsa-based George Kaiser Foundation. So, um, so. That's why the Bob Dylan um, Museum is in Tulsa. Uh, so whether any of the players will be um, checking it out this week. But uh, uh, so it's a very nice Bob Dylan link with Tulsa. And of course, as MPG pointed out, uh, the times they are a changing with uh, uh, Greg Norman and his merry men. So um, things are changing and exactly how they finish whether how much they change we're waiting obviously to find out but um uh i thought uh, it was a really uh, appropriate track for the week so well done mpg you've won the free bet this week uh, with uh, bob dylan and times they are a changing and of course it's a cracking tune as well so um so um matt thank you so much um remind everyone of your picks for the week your uh your, your bets uh, yep so uh jordan spieth shane lowry uh Mackenzie Hughes and uh, sort of oh, well Jason Kokrak I'm on him and and I looks like I will be going for a little bit of Charles Schwartz or very little bit though. Fair enough. Uh, and uh, I've gone uh, John Rahm, Hideki Matsuyama, um, Shane Lowry, um, uh, same as uh, Matt, uh, Billy Horschel, who I'm hoping is going to kick his major record into gear and uh, uh, produce a good week, and um, Brandon Grace is my um, roll of the dice long shot. And um, your musical picks, Matt? Uh, they were Atrocities by Anthony Johnson, Johnson's uh, Oklahoma from Oklahoma, uh, Oki from Muskogee by Mel Haggard and Give Me Three Steps from Lennon Skinner. Uh, and um, my three musical picks going on the pod this week uh, is uh, Race for the Prize by The Flaming Lips, um, the uh, band from Oklahoma City. Um, Tokyo Brackets, Vampires and Wolves by The Wombats uh, from their album This Modern Glitch. Uh, and um, my final selection uh, was uh, Grace by The View uh, from their 2010 album Bread and Circuses um, in honour, of course, of Brandon Grace. So um, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Matt. Uh, Reminder, uh, everyone, where they can find you and uh, see your stuff this week. Uh, at Matt Cooper Golf on Twitter uh, and also Flight Sport. Um, Betfair, um, where I'm part of the team with Dave Tindall and Steve Rawlings. Uh, and uh, Global Golf Post, um, where my piece about um, the Greg Norman press conference last week is currently up. Excellent. Thank you, Matt. Uh, as I say, my name is Martin Matthews. You can find me at Sundog Monkey uh, on Twitter. Uh, and um, you can find the pod. Um, please do follow the pod Twitter feed as well um, at uh, The Golf Alternative. Uh, you can also find me writing in the big events as I am this week for Paddy Power. So um, uh, previewing the um, uh, 
the, the, the main um, uh, the main sort of outright preview for Paddy Power, and also uh, I'll be putting up a specials preview for them um, over the next uh, forty eight hours, covering first round leader and all that kind of uh, malarkey. So, um, so Matt, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on. Um, great chatting with you. Um, good luck with this week with your bets. And Thank you. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, good luck, uh, all, all you listeners, with your bets. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously, for the Charles Schwab Challenge. We'll be on another Perry Maxwell course at Colonial. Uh, and, um, yeah, but good luck this week. Enjoy Southern Hills and um, enjoy the music. Don't forget to turn it out loud and uh, catch you all again next week. Good night.